1: I'm Oliver Gray, and this is A Sonic Youth. Join me as I explore the greatest indie rock with classic tracks, new releases, and my own Desert Island selection.
0: my hair, it happened just the other day, it's getting kind of long, I could have said it wasn't my way. My mirror and seen a police car But I'm not Giving in and in Together, I'm gonna get down in that sunny southern weather.
1: Welcome to episode 75 of A Sonic Youth. This week we're paying tribute to the late great David Crosby, a leading figure in the American folk revival, the 60s counterculture, and the emergence of psychedelia. Crosby wrote and played on some of the greatest songs ever written, like that song at the top of the show, Almost Cut My Hair. David Crosby was born in LA in 1941. He grew up in a musical household, with his older brother Ethan having a strong influence on David, particularly with their shared love of jazz. After a lacklustre last few years at school, Crosby briefly studied drama at college before dropping out to pursue music. He played in a number of groups into his twenties, and in 1963 completed his first solo recording session. It was when Miriam Makeba, aka Mama Africa, an Afro-jazz musician and anti-apartheid civil rights activist was on tour in Chicago, that Crosby was first introduced to Roger McGuinn by mutual friends. It was also introduced to Gene Clark, who at the time, together with McGuinn, were performing under the name Jet Set. Crosby began singing with them, before trying and failing to play bass, and then taking over rhythm guitar duties from Clark. At this point the band was really a Beatles and Dylan covers band, although some original material was present, so it's fitting that their breakthrough single, now under the name The Birds, was their famous cover of Dylan's Mr Tambourine Man. This was a rockier take on the original, one which the band members weren't too keen on initially. It was when Dylan himself heard it and enthusiastically endorsed it that the band settled into the sound that created. Another significant influence was the Beatles' film A Hard Day's Night, which apparently inspired the band to equip themselves with the same instruments as the Beatles, most notably McGuinn getting a Rickenbacker 12-string and Crosby a Gretsch electric guitar. As the Birds' live performances began to draw bigger crowds, the groups of young bohemians that gathered for the shows have been suggested as some of the earliest mobilizations of the West Coast 60s hippie culture. After the single Mr. Tambourine Man shot to the top of the UK and American charts, a debut album of the same name was released in mid 1965. It's important to note that at this early stage, it was Roger McGuinn that was considered the band leader, although, over the band's total output, lead singing duties are fairly evenly balanced between members. The Birds' second album was released in late 1965, one which featured more original compositions. It was around that same time, in late 65, that The Birds first recorded their original track 8 Miles High, a track now considered one of the founding songs of the psych-rock genre. This track is a masterpiece, but it was also controversial, many radio stations banning it for its apparent advocacy of drug use, something the band and their management denied at the time, despite their frequent use of marijuana. The band's most successful songwriter at the time, Gene Clark, left in early 1966, months before the band's third record was released. This record, named Fifth Dimension, secured the group's move to a psych-rock sound, at the same time as other bands such as The Beatles and The Thirteenth Floor Elevators, were introducing this new genre into the consciousness of the American counterculture. A fourth Birds album, the more country and western influence Younger Than Yesterday, was released in 1967, The record featured another of the Byrds' most notable songs, their beautiful cover of Bob Dylan's My Back Pages. Also worth mentioning is Crosby's dreamy track, Renaissance Fair. The fifth album came in 1968, during a period of increased tension within the band that would eventually lead to perhaps one of the more significant catalysts in rock history. But Gwynn and bassist Chris Hillman drove to Crosby's house in their Porsches to fire him. Crosby's difficult manner is a common feature in his story, in the case of the birds, an increasing ego and desire to control the band's direction, along with acts such as filling in for Neil Young with rival group Buffalo Springfield, deteriorated his reputation within the band. Crosby was invited to play with Buffalo Springfield by Stephen Stills, who he began jamming with after meeting him at one of Mama Cass Elliot's famous Laurel Canyon house parties. They were joined by Graham Nash, who would leave the Hollies to play in the three-piece. The self-titled Crosby, Stills and Nash album was released in 1969 and was an instant hit, now of course considered one of the greatest folk rock albums of all time. My favourite track in this record is Wooden Ships, co-written by Crosby, Stills and Paul Katnett of Jefferson Airplane. This song finds a dreamy sound I haven't yet seen matched by any other group. To put it simply, this track just sounds heavenly to me. The song's topic isn't heavenly though, in fact it's a stark opposite, hellish. The three songwriters were relaxing on Crosby's boat, his wooden ship, and looking across the harbor. they perhaps not very sober, began imagining a nuclear holocaust. men in radiation suits assessing survivors. Our narrators are finding peace, escaping to form a new civilization. This is wooden ships.
0: something everybody everywhere does in the same ever us as we want you die. all we can do is echo your anguished cries, I, stare as all human feelings die. die, we are leaving, you don't need us. Faster than by the hand Lead her away from this foreign land, land. Far away, where we might laugh again We are leaving, you don't need
1: A I'm Oliver Gray, this is A Sonic Youth, and that was Crosby, Stills and Nash with Wooden Ships. Following their self-titled debut, Neil Young joined to form the supergroup Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Together they recorded another masterpiece, 1970's Deja Vu. This record contains a number of my favourite tracks of all time, not least our opening track Almost Cut My Hair, and then Woodstock, a song which so perfectly captures a time in world history. I truly think Woodstock, written by Joni Mitchell but made great by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, is perhaps one of the greatest songs of all time. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young performed at Woodstock, Altamont and Monterey, with Woodstock being only the band's 2nd live performance together. The group reunited in 1973 for unsuccessful recording sessions, but followed them up with a successful stadium tour the following year. They then tried to work on a new album called Human Highway, but constant bickering, along with Crosby's grief over his girlfriend's death and a slide into drug addiction, resulted in the cancellation of what could have been another great album. The members then began to work on new albums under Crosby and Nash and Stills and Young, but an effort to combine the works broke down. The group performed sporadically throughout the rest of the 70s and into the 80s and 90s, although four new albums were released from 1988 to 1999. It was in the 2000s that the four members began touring together more frequently, and at a time when Neil Young was releasing some of my favourite records of all time, a great live album was released. This live album, Deja Vu Live, was recorded during the group's 2006 Freedom of Speech tour and was released in 2008. The tour also spawned a film, where you can find my favorite five minutes of live music performance and reaction of all time. In 2006, Neil Young released the viciously anti-Bush and anti-war record, *Living with War*. Written and recorded over nine days, this fiercely political record bears a number of similarities to the Drive-By Truckers' 2016 release *American Band*. It angered a significant portion of Young's fan base, received some critical backlash, and is probably my second most played album of all time. The performance of Let's Impeach the President from Living With War on the Crosby Stills Nash & Young live album is the great five minutes I was talking about. Once you listen to the song you'll see why its the lyrics, which I projected proudly above the stage, enraged half and endeared the other half of the Southern American audience. I really urge you to find the video on YouTube and see the reactions of the fans as they storm out of the concert hall. Check it out, this is a live version of Let's Impeach the President.
0: Or, you know, I just don't spend all this time on it. Play. I want him, I want. I want justice. Dead or alive. Saddam Hussein aids and protects terrorists. Play. Including members of Al-Qaeda. Play. I know I didn't say that there was a direct connection between September the 11th and Saddam Hussein. Play. War is my last choice smoke them out bring them on. I think Patriot Act constitutional guarantees are in place. A wiretap requires a court order. Saddam Hussein has got weapons of mass destruction. Although we have not found stockpiles of weapons of mass destruction, and it is true that much of the intelligence turned out to be wrong, no one can now doubt the word of America. You, freedom of
1: speech. This is A Sonic Youth, and that was Neil Young protesting the Bush administration with Let's Impeach the President. Again, I urge you to find the concert film clip of this live performance. Just YouTube search Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Let's Impeach the President. Next, you need to look at Crosby's solo albums, of which there are eight, released from 1971 to 2021. There are a number of highlights from these records, but it's impossible to look past that 1971 debut. The record, If Only I Could Remember My Name, shares the unrivaled dreamy sound of those early records with Nash, Stills and Young. My standout track is Cowboy Movie. It's a song which makes masterful use of Crosby's brilliant voice, alongside one of the greatest backing tracks ever, that jostling electric guitar track laid down by Neil Young and Jerry Garcia. The song is about the temporary breakup of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young in 1970, with the song's characters Eli, the Duke, Young Billy and Fat Albert, representing Stills, Nash, Young and Crosby respectively. So this will be our final song this week as we celebrate the music of the late great David Crosby and the legendary groups that he played in. Trust me, no one will forget your name. This is David Crosby with Cowboy Movie.
0: We're riding back to camp. We were feeling terrified talking kind of low and lazy not, not having to go out soon again oh, yeah. <laughs> you know we hadn't been back at home to our Young Billy, who's off since oh. yeah. then?
1: That was David Crosby with Cowboy Movie. Next week on A Sonic Youth, we're looking at Dinosaur Jr.'s Where You Been, as it celebrates its 30th anniversary. We'll also pay tribute to the late Tom Verlaine. Thanks for listening to A Sonic Youth. For more episodes, visit freefm.org.nz or search A Sonic Youth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio and on the accessmedia.nz app. Also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at A Sonic Youth Podcast.